Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. In this season, we want to focus on practical discussions about unity within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one so that the world may know. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where our motto is unity starts with a cup of coffee and conversation. I just added that. John will be happy that I've given us a new mission. Uh, I'm excited that we're recording this special episode today, and John Teal is our co-host today, and he's the producer every week, But uh, and he also is the brainchild behind Common Grounds Unity and does all of the work. So, uh, I'm really glad that he can be on this side of the microphone today and you all can hear from him as well. The regular episode with Todd Boyd that we were going to play from Mission Alive will be on the second and third Friday of December. So be sure to check back and listen to that. It's, those are great episodes. But today we're going to be talking about the war in Ukraine and the way the church is and can respond. My dear friend Magda Matician is with us and has been helping me facilitate work among churches in Poland and the U.S. as we at Global Christian Connection, which is where I work when I'm not on the podcast, um, is working to demonstrate unity in our response as believers to the growing needs of those in Ukraine and those forced to flee. Magda and I have known each other for almost 30 years, which is almost impossible since I'm only 40. <laughs> That's not really true. Magda's like, you are not. Uh, she lives in Warsaw. She's a life coach and mediator for families in the Polish court system, and she loves God and people. And I'm super happy that she's with us today. And as I said, John is co-hosting with me today. John, how does it feel to be on this side of the podcast? Well... It's good to be here, and it's good to be with both of you. But to be honest with you, I prefer being in the background much more. But this is a great cause, and I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, John is amazing. His creativity and just the tenacious way he goes about trying to be innovative with Common Grounds Unity and also just the issue and the the need that we have to be unified, he is a great champion for that. So I'm super glad that you all can hear from him today. Magda, uh, thanks for being with us today. Tell our list listeners a little bit about uh, yourself, uh, your family, and what is drawing you towards helping churches and refugees in this time of crisis? Hi, everybody. <laughs> my name is Magda. Uh, my last name is Matsushin. And yes, I am mediator, I am coach, uh, I am mom, I am wife, I have adopted dog and adopted cat. And um, um, I love to help people who are in crisis. <laughs> That's why I work with people who are going through divorce most of the time 
or with people who's, um, who are having problems, issues. And from the, as far as I remember, I just love helping people. <laughs> and I think crisis is important moment in our life and it can be dangerous, but there is hidden opportunity in crisis. <laughs> and um, and as, uh, as the war started, you know, it is scary and uh, what is going on in Ukraine, but I also very believe in the opportunity which is giving to um, us Christian people in Poland, in whole world and in Ukraine. And um, so um, I am trying uh, as much as I can to be involved in this opportunity uh, to help others. That's awesome. Well, I want to start by saying that this is not going to be a podcast where we're just sharing stories. There are ways anyone listening can be involved. If something we share stirs your heart or imagination on ways we can better serve together, whatever it is, reach out to me. I want to get you connected. The email will be in the show notes, but it's hello at GCC Connection with an X. Uh, and that's how you can, can reach us. So, so just be thinking as you're listening, what is a step you can take? Global Christian Connection has been known as the World Convention of Churches of Christ for more than 90 years. The last few years, our international board of directors wanted to look at the needs and opportunities for uniting the churches of the Stone Campbell Restoration Movement and really beyond our denominations if God opens those doors. And what emerged is Global Christian Connection with an expanded mission and vision of how we can serve the church. I won't go into lots of detail here, but there are three primary ways we want to connect the church, and that's through learning together, serving together, and gathering together. The global church has been touched and moved by the spirit to engage in the tremendous needs that are presenting themselves in Ukraine, Poland, really all of Europe has stepped up to try to figure out how to serve. So we're working to help facilitate learning and serving together. I'm recording today from Poland. We have a small volunteer house in Przemysl, all right, Magda, will you say it the right way? Przemyśle. Yeah. So everybody can hear how hard the Polish language is. <laughs> uh, but so it's at the border of Ukraine and Poland. Um, and we're going to be able to house volunteers from Polish churches um, that want to come and serve at the border. Uh, there's no place for them to stay or it's expensive. Uh, so we'll be able to facilitate that. Also, if there's volunteers from churches anywhere in the world, they're welcome to come and stay with us. Um, we're moving towards having an office in Warsaw to be able to connect with businesses, government, and churches throughout Poland. And this will be our hub for our work in Europe. So, Magna, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you've seen in the way of how the Polish people and the Polish churches have responded to the huge number of refugees that continue to come from Ukraine? Yeah, this is, you know, Church of Christ. Um, just from the beginning of the war, uh, help refugees. And this outreach uh, includes different projects, uh, support, uh, helping people with food, with clothing, with transport from, um, 
from uh, different places to self-shelters, um, a lot of counseling, praying, care for children. There is, uh, there is a lot of moms and children in Poland. So there is a lot of workshops in churches for moms and uh, children. And we are trying to <laughs> create the feeling of love and acceptance in Poland <laughs> so um, it's um, it's long <laughs> it's uh, almost uh, no it's more than nine months uh, and still there is more needs <laughs> since uh, since um, Putin is uh, bombing all electricity electricity centers uh water supplies so more ukrainian people who could stay at home uh, they will come to poland and winter just started and uh, just in this week got cold and um russians do not stop <laughs> so um there is the new wave of refugees coming um, who are running away from being cold and having no water and uh, uh, so yes polish people responded wonderful beautiful but we don't see the end <laughs> and it's a big inflation in poland <laughs> And uh, I don't want to blame on anything, uh, but it's just there is no ending. <laughs> uh, so um, this is what I see right now in Poland, that our country is totally changed. <laughs> our country is 36 million people. About 7 million people went through Poland, 7 million Ukraine refugees, three and a half state for good three and a half going and being back. And it is said that between, between one million and five million new refugees who are running away from not having electricity and water will come to Poland. So as you can imagine, the whole country is changed. And many churches are changed because in our churches, we have a lot of Ukraine speaking most moms and children so our heart go uh, out to ukraine and we also are we all are in change <laughs> so it's everything is new and uh, so we pray <laughs> and we pray for ukraine people we pray for christmas which is coming and for you know, saving uh, people who are running away because of electricity and no water in the country. Yeah. And uh, hey, Magda, what yes. like you were talking about, like um, the. I just keep thinking that things are hard here in Poland. Um, the heat is really expensive for people. Yes. A lot of people have Ukrainians in their homes still. So yes. what do you think it is about Polish people that makes them so generous? Like when, when things are hard, I mean, 
of course, in perspective, things are really hard in Ukraine, but like, I just think about what, just what I see yeah. on just the generosity of people. What do you think it is about Polish people? First of all, uh, I believe we all should be thankful to Ukrainian people because they are fighting not only for Ukraine, but they are fighting for us. So personally, I am very thankful to Ukrainian soldiers because, you know, because of them, I can have peace in my country. Secondly, (laughs) I believe it feels good to help others. It is really such a blessing to to help other people and and in many of us it creates of sense a sense of belonging and connecting other people like you know even our relationship tina is more connected because we are helping the refugees i got to know new friends from chicago and wonderful pastor girl rachel just because the church wants to help refugees. So uh, it creates a big sense of belonging and to the church. And uh, it gives me, uh, and many people, and I think it gives a new purpose for a church in general in Poland. And, uh, And it's, great that you know by helping others you're also helping yourself you can take out focus uh, which you have on your problems uh, and focus on something which is bigger and i love it and and it's just creating stronger friendship and relationship with God and with other people mm-hmm. and it helps and it gives positive vibes I don't know how to explain it but it is a blessing and it, it improves us and improves our churches and you can cut this John but I think it's a blessing the, this war it's a blessing for Poland it may sound funny to you, but I see uh, how it helps Polish people be better people. And some of us are forced to do good things. And some of us are help, forced to share with that what we have. <laughs> but it uh, builds, uh, I think, long-lasting friendships and and the purpose for life <laughs> i am very mm-hmm. thankful for for this moment in my life and i just pray for all my friends in ukraine um, so they have more comfort and they will not lose a hope mm-hmm. yeah another thing i thought of was um you know, I've been coming to Poland since the early 90s, and I know I thought I knew a lot about Polish culture, Polish history, but um, through this process uh, of meeting different people and um, 
and making new friends in different parts of uh, society here, I learned have learned more about the history of Poland. And even in World War II, the Warsaw Uprising um, in 1944, the similarities of like how the Polish people rallied and fought against um, Germany, thought help was coming, but it didn't. And um, it was impossible odds and, and they eventually failed, but they still like tried. And so just the strength of the, the Polish people and the understanding that for sure the a little bit older generation has of, um, knowing what it's like to, to be invaded or for someone to try to invade. And so, um, I think that gives a lot of empathy, uh, for Polish people toward Ukrainians, even though Ukrainians were part of a, a bad part of Poland's story during that time. It's just really interesting how just to see to see this situation from lots of different sides. So, Tina, what are you hearing um, from the churches in Ukraine and, and what's the situation um, in Ukraine like now? Yeah. You know, what's really sweet is how much I hear about like Polish churches, even the average Polish church is maybe a hundred people, 50 to a hundred people. There's, they have mega churches here that are 2000. They, um, they have very influential churches in some of the bigger cities, but the, the churches are evangelical churches here are 0.2%, I think of, um, of the country, but the way that people are talking about what they're doing in Ukraine, like in these small churches, how they're collecting what they have. They've got friends in Ukraine that are in like in the worst cities. There was a guy I talked to yesterday and he's from a church in Wrocław and uh, they took up a collection and they went to Kiev and then they uh, went to her son where they just liberated that, but there's no food, there's no anything. And I said, were you, were you worried? Were you whatever? He said, no, people are great and they definitely need help. And so we're going to come back. We're going to collect more supplies. We're going to go back in and they're working with local Ukrainian churches. So, um, so that's, that I think that's really positive. So it's not Polish people and Polish believers, Polish churches are not just waiting on this side to receive Ukrainians. They're actually going to where the Ukrainians need the most need, which is in Ukraine. Um, in a few conversations with the churches in Ukraine, um, in Lviv, which, you know, is further to the West, they have been hit with, uh, missiles. And so a big percentage of Lviv is without electricity and power. And that's where a lot of people, when things started on the East, that they, they didn't, they don't want to leave Ukraine. They would rather stay, even if they're displaced, um, but they, a lot of them went to the West and a lot of them went to Lviv and around there. And so now those that are displaced in Lviv are also experiencing a second kind of trauma that they're now living um, in a, a much more difficult situation again. So um, I talked with someone from a church in Kiev and I did not realize that there is a hospital that has a special wing. I don't know if it's the whole hospital or just one part. I couldn't completely understand. Uh, but that is for kids who have been injured in the war. Mm. Everything from shrapnel to 
like ha- having to have uh, a leg amputated to having like just like the whole section is only kids who've been affected by the war. And I don't know why that surprised me, but you know, it does. And so they were talking about how I said, I heard that after the latest round of attacks that um, 75% of Kiev is without electricity. And the guy just laughed and he said, I try a hundred percent. He was like, there's no power at all. He said, it's completely dark. And I said, well, then how am I talking to you? And he said, I'm at the mall. He said, they have generators. So we come here to do um, audio messages and try to get news out. And, but he said, it's, it's really difficult. And he said, the thing is, is that people want to stay. So they're going to try it as hard as they can to stay. But if they have to leave, then churches in Europe need to be ready to receive them. So um, we're working with several networks of um, churches in uh, Ukraine, as well as um, Bible colleges and seminaries trying to um, marshal like what the needs are and who's helping and who's not helping that wants to help. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable that this is, where things are right now. And I agree with Magda. I don't think there's an end in sight. Mm, how awful. Yeah. Magda, tell us a little bit about Shemeshul and the needs there. We're getting ready to take a team next week uh, to volunteer. So tell us a little bit about like what you saw when you were there and what you think yeah. it'll be like. You know, the refugee center will be crowded. <laughs> so if we want to know what is the best way to help them. <laughs> it's they, they are in big rooms. They are crowded. There is uh, a lot of crying. There is dogs barking. <laughs> and this is not a very private place. So, <sighs> so, you know, it's a little bit different than in the beginning of the war. In the beginning of the war, Every hour, there was like 300 new refugees coming to the center. Every hour. I didn't make a mistake. Right now, there is about like 200 refugees. And after two days, they are going to different place. So, so for sure, they need encouragement. And um, they need um, some, you know help in the way of warm clothes you know because they are coming cold warm food (laughs) and you know they as you know a lot of them are in trauma trauma so when i'm thinking about our friends in america I didn't talk about that, but right now I think it would be so nice if they would get some messages, maybe letters, <laughs> maybe some short note. Hey, we're praying for you. If you have this note until end of the war, my family and our church will pray basically for you. And it will reflect peace for this family. And if you guys and our friends in America, if you can pray also for Polish people, <laughs> I know some Polish people who are in worse condition than Ukrainian friends and brothers and sisters, because it's uh, 
nine months when we are helping others and we forgot, we're forgetting about our needs. <laughs> so some of our friends in churches, they have some problems. <laughs> they need also uh, doctor care. <laughs> so yes, so the, there is going to be a new time with this winter coming. We don't know what is coming. We, every month is different. So, so if you guys can show your solidarity and pray with us Polish people and with Ukrainian people so we know what to do because nothing is certain. Everywhere there is a risk. There is no model. <laughs> so we don't know what kind of problems we will have and we don't want to be discouraged we just want to go on and you know and have hope that you know we are helping our brothers and sisters do i answer your question tinusha mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's interesting in Przemysl, the city is only 60,000 people and yes. it's one of two major places that people are crossing and so yeah. just to see the small town like yeah. be the thoroughfare for yeah. um all these people it's really amazing to see yes. just how how uh, the city is responding how the church is responding yes and and as i said you know as the president of this town <laughs> is in hospital right now so if you guys can pray for the president of the town Przemysl he is so tired and it's a lot of stress. It's, it's, just, it's just about three and a half million Ukraine people going just through this town. So it is a lot, you know, it is a lot of work, a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of crying, a lot of mourning, a lot of children without parents. And you know, and there is a wonderful pastor, Czesław Kuźniar, <laughs> little church. People do not have even place for Sunday school because refugees are in the churches. So there is, there is a lot of um, transformation going on, new things. And um, yeah, so just if you can pray for open minds and for a vision uh, for us to be the best tools in the hands of our God. And um, even though it's just, you know, a lot of suffering. So we, um, we just um, do what we need to do. <laughs> So, hey, Tina, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how churches in the U.S. or really anywhere in the world can get involved. What What is needed, especially in the light of winter set, settling in and the infrastructure damage in Ukraine? Yeah, well, I think Magda has a great idea, the idea of having notes for people. So I'll figure out how to facilitate that. And you can check out our website at GCC. O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N.org. And I'll have a way that um that we can that we can follow that idea. I think that's great, Magda. Um, when I talked to the guys in Ukraine yesterday, they were saying that 
what's needed there. And some of this, again, you know, it's all things change. So, um, everything's in is fluctuating a lot. So he was saying that in Ukraine, what they need is winter clothes and winter boots. And he elaborated and said, because so many people's homes have been bombed, all of their things are destroyed. Because in my mind, I'm thinking if they're in Ukraine, they have their things, but they don't. So they definitely need winter clothes and winter boots. Multivitamins. Uh, When you live in cold, it has a physical... um, it takes a physical toll on your body. And so they are collecting multivitamins, which I think is a great idea. They need food that's like canned meat and soup, crackers, protein bars, nuts, anything that doesn't require heating or cooking. Um, Small generators so that people can use those in their homes or at least set up one place in a building of uh, apartments that can be a place where there's something that's warm. Thermal underwear, socks, gloves, and hats. And that's for the people in Ukraine, but also for the soldiers. You know, you think about um, all of the aid that's going into Ukraine, but it it's not this kind of aid. So um, there's one church that's specifically working to provide thermal underwear, socks, gloves, and hats for, um, for the Ukrainian soldiers. Winter sleeping bags. Uh, or something that could be helpful. And those are all things that we can facilitate getting into Ukraine and having it distributed through the local churches. I would encourage people to go to our website and click on the link for the Google form that we have there that can tell us what you or your church, group of friends, whatever are doing, what resources you know about, what organizations you do or have worked with. If there are churches in Ukraine, Poland, or in one of the countries in Europe that are helping refugees, we can collect that information there. So when you go to our website, which again is G-C-C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N.org, G-C-Connection.org, there's a link for a Google form there. And it's a, to help us collect information that we can share with everyone. This is not like anything that's secretive that we want to try to collect information, but we want to make the information we collect give it back to the people who submit information. So you all also have the information we have, but it'll be a way that you can say what you're doing, your church, your group of friends, whatever, what resources you know about, what organizations you do or have worked with, what you're interested in doing, what kind of help um, or ideas that you have about ways that you might be engaged. Um, fill out that Google form so that we can be connected to you, but we can also connect you to this community. Um, We have a resource on our site that can be downloaded and used for kids that shows um, where Ukraine is and the countries around it. It's something that you can personalize. Um, So we'll, we'll keep adding resources like that. Um, We had the global gathering scheduled for Poland in June. And um, when we had to cancel it because of the war, there was uh, the president of Osaka Bible College, uh, Bible Seminary. He decided he still wanted to come. So he and a couple other colleagues came in July and they served with the local church. And so um, I think that's a beautiful example of the way that the international church can be engaged. So if any of you all are connected, if you're listening from somewhere overseas, um, reach out to you because we want to create a community of churches from all around the world that, that want to help 
to be able to help together. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, John, so much uh, for letting us tell about what's happening here. And um, yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to give an update soon on the ways that the church is working together to serve. Um, but it's it's definitely a time that the church can shine and the church can show like what it is to follow Jesus. We can demonstrate the good news of, of Christ. And so, and it'll be better if we do it together. Um, mm -hmm. And I just want to say thank you to all of people who are in States, who have a heart for Ukrainian refugees, who are supporting with uh, prayers, with money, and time, courage, and and thank you. It's a big blessing to see that on the other side of the world, there are people who care. So thank you in the name of Polish people and Ukrainian people for your heart and blessings to you. You know, um, Magda and I were working on something totally different. Uh, Afghan refugees that are in Poland. Um, and, you know, they are also impacted um, by the war in Ukraine. And um, so, and in Europe, there's a, such an influx of refugees from all over the world. And so this is becoming more complex for everyone. So, um, yeah, so keep the work that the church is doing with refugees from Ukraine, for sure, but anywhere that they have people who uh, are displaced and and really looking for hope and encouragement um, that the church can be what they need in this moment of crisis. So we really appreciate our listeners uh, hanging in with us for this special episode, and we will uh, be back next week with our regular scheduled podcast with Todd Voigt from Mission Lab. So um, definitely catch that, and uh, you'll be able to hear Kevin. And so as we close out, let's, um, let's, let's model what we're saying is helpful. And let, let's just let the end of our podcast today be a prayer for the work of the church in this time of crisis. And thanks so much again, listeners, definitely reach out to me. Hello at gcconnection.org um, or check out our website and let's, let's be unified. Let's demonstrate what unity looks like and not only talk about it. Um, I think that would really please Jesus. So let's pray. God, we thank you that you see everything, you know, everything, no language is beyond you. No, um, no sense of desperation, no sense of displacement. Um, God, you feel and understand and connect with us in a personal way, regardless of our situation. And I'm so grateful. Um, I'm grateful for your spirit that works in all of us. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us as your church, as believers, um, to know how to respond in a way that is good news to people who are hurting. God, thank you for this community of common grounds and Global Christian Connection and all the different organizations and churches that are working together um, to show your love and to be able to share the hope that we have in Christ. And God, just I agree with Magda, um, help us to be tools in your hand um, 
And I pray that this war would end. And I pray that you would protect those that are trying to protect the Ukrainian people. And, um, and I'm hopeful and excited about uh, the opportunities that you're giving us as your church to serve in this time. And we're grateful and thankful and pray this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you both. Thank you. <laughs> in Thank the meantime, you, John. Go get a cup of coffee because unity, unity starts with, starts a, cup with a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And conversation. That's right. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you can't find a gathering in your area, we can help you start one. It's not difficult or time-consuming, and we'll help you out along the way. It really does simply start with a cup of coffee. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.